episode 47 of Doc Fermento Discovers the World. Today we're going to hear from Dr. Thomas Cowan. He practices holistic family medicine in San Francisco, California. You can find his site at fourfoldhealing.com. His first book was uh, The Fourfold Path to Healing. And he has a new book coming out in February 2013. It's the Nourishing Traditions of Baby and Child Care. And I think um, we'll be hearing from him again in February to talk about that book. This is a very short episode, and if your mind wanders at all while listening, you're going to miss something. It's filled with all sorts of wonderful things. Um, it's, It's intriguing. I had... I know to be honest, I don't know anything about Dr. Cowan uh, before this. I just uh, happened upon his website and um like I say in the interview, I reading his about page and I see the name Rudolf Steiner, I see Weston Price, I become more intrigued and uh you know, I decide I need to talk to this guy. So he gave me 30 minutes. And uh, I did the best I could. I had no idea where this was going to go. And so I was just, um, I was kind of blown away. I think it's a really wonderful interview. Well, Dr. Cowan is wonderful. I don't know if the interview was so great. But um, the content is is excellent. I think it's a lot of fun. And I hope, you know, it intrigues you to learn some more, investigate. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area and... um, you need some healing wisdom, look him up and give him a visit or, you know, get at least a consultation and explore um, his art. You know, that that's a key point. You know, it says at the top of his website, he's using the fourfold laws of nutrition, therapeutics, movement, and meditation in the art of medicine. You hear that thrown around here and there, but I tend to believe it coming from Dr. Cowan. So I hope you love this episode. Please go to the site. My website is askbryan, A-S-K-B-R-Y-A-N.com. So go to askbryan.com and click the links and search around. Hit the podcast link. The episodes are there. Click on the resources tab. And that is a big advertisement. For all the sponsors and all the things I love. So, no commercial. That was it. I really hope you enjoy this. Thanks for listening. One important thing I did forget to mention. So, here we go. Dr. Cowan has a conference in Long Beach, California, February 8th through February 10th, 2013. It's the Fourfold Path to Healing Conference, um, an incredible weekend of dynamic discussions, presentations, and lectures. So go to fourfoldhealing.com, click the Events tab for more information, or of course, go to askbrian.com, click the podcast link. This episode is number 47. All the details are there. Thank you.
share some of what you've learned uh, with, with my listeners. Um, what interested me most was reading your bio, um, and I came to discover that you, you were inspired or learned from Weston Price and Rudolf Steiner. So could you take us back to how that started? Um, okay. So basically, uh, after college, I went into the Peace Corps um, and actually was teaching gardening, mostly because I didn't really know what else to do. Not that I knew anything about gardening, which uh, <laughs> is the irony of the Peace Corps, I think. Uh, and eventually was sent to a small village in rural Swaziland to set up a gardening program, and the only expatriate, i.e. white guy in the village um, who was teaching English at, at one of the schools had also had worked on a biodynamic farm, and he had set up a mini biodynamic farming program there. So uh, because I didn't really know anything about gardening or much probably about anything, any, anything else of anything, <laughs> I just figured I just would do what he did. So he basically taught me biodynamic gardening, or at least his version of it. Okay. So that got me interested in Rudolf Steiner. I ended up getting, uh, there was a library in Swaziland where somebody had some Steiner books, and so I was sitting in the middle of nowhere reading the Gospel of St. John and Christianity as Mystical Fact and all this stuff. And it, I also somehow had a book on medicine that I got a hold of. And it just hit me then that the the medicine that I was running away from all my sort of teenage life, at least, you know, it was kind of like I had this feeling like I should be a doctor, but I hated what doctors did and mm-hmm. hated what they did, you know, the way they thought. And so then it sort of made sense that I could actually do this. Uh, eventually, even when I was in Swaziland, somebody gave me a copy of Nourishing Traditions. And so, interestingly enough, I may be the only person I know or even there, there is who learned biodynamics, Rudolf Steiner, and Weston Price while in Swaziland. <laughs> or period, <laughs> at the same time, right? Regardless yeah. of location. It's a very interesting combination of people. There yeah. must have been something magical going on in the early 1900s. Right, yeah and something in me that was able to expose me to both of those right, things right. in a place like Swaziland. So there you go. So it seems like however many years later now, you have folded their knowledge into a, a, a what you call the uh, four, fourfold healing, or the fourfold path to healing, correct? Yes, you could say that. I mean, the, the, the fourfold path to, to healing was, you know, it's a little bit of a pretentious title, I would say. And, and in some ways, I'm not sure that it's the most important aspect of, of who I am or what I do. It, it was a way to, it was a schematic way to present some information. But I think the most important thing uh, that that probably started me on, and I think 
probably even started before that is, you know, I've just been, uh, not that I would say this necessarily distinguishes me from a lot of people, but maybe it does, is I just have really set out to really try to figure out what's, what's true here and what's basically bullshit. And the more I do that, the more I find that, you know, if it's got the word conventional in it, mm-hmm. it's probably more on the bullshit side. <laughs> excuse, excuse my French. But that's fine. <laughs> it, it, whether that's conventional politics, economics, agriculture, schooling, or medicine. Mm-hmm. And, and interestingly, not just like whether it's right to give statin drugs for people with high cholesterol. I mean, that's kind of obvious bullshit. But the very sort of uh, hallmarks of the so-called scientific thought or medical thought, you know, even those when you get down and really examine them, it's just we, we... we, meaning Western science, has an extremely biased and limited way of looking at the world, which even doesn't even, it's not even internally consistent. You know, you have on the one hand certain of the Western scientists saying that you can't run a, a completely blinded experiment because every interaction has what's called observer bias. I mean, we even they say that it, that even of, of the basic particles, which 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 can be pre- present in the form of a wave or a particle, and the determining factor of whether it's a wave or a particle, we're talking about the very, you know, minutest essences of of physical of matter that those are determined by the consciousness of the person looking at the particle. So if you look at the particle, and uh, it looks like a, a particle, and if you look at the, and if the particle is not being looked at, it looks like a wave. And so how can that be? And, and yet, essentially all the modern medicine is basically particle medicine. It's very billiard ball oriented, and it's it's frankly missing at least half of the very essence of what substance really is. So it becomes basically nonsense. As a as a medical practitioner, um, how how do I even phrase this? How how do you keep on course so that well, I guess you know you have your internal grounding and ideas, but where are the where's the knowledge that uh, can distinguish this from just plain old woo? Like anyone can go down some you know metaphysical spiritual path to healing, you know, in in strange ways, whether it be breatharian or or some strangeness. So, what are the core elements that to to allow you that to heal people? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. Here's what I'm thinking. You have like an intake, right? Someone comes to see you. 
How, yeah. What is your diagnose? What is this? What is this method? So, because you're drawing from a whole, a, a much broader range, you, you're, you're more enlightened. You know what? Where do you start? And then, um, you know. Well, all right. So where? Here's where I start. I, I tell people uh, first of all that, and and this is a a method which, you know, in in, in some ways. If I was just, if there was, if somebody said, well, what, what can somebody learn from me? I mean, <laughs> so without trying to be uh, arrogant or weird about this, and, and my wife has said this to me as well, and she uh, also doesn't like it if she hears any signs of arrogance or weirdness um, in me. But it, it is also true that that I have studied and have exposed myself to lots of different ways of looking at the world. Everything from nutritional medicine and conventional science and anthroposophical science and medicine. So I do have a lot of, of you know, possibilities to draw on or ways to understand things and ways to make explanations. But And, and I could see that for some people it's it's why it's sometimes frustrating for me to teach people my method because, you know, it's sort of like they don't know enough to, to, to get what I'm talking about sometimes. And, and I don't, and that's obviously not true with everybody. And there's people who know a lot more about a lot of things than I do for sure. A lot more. So anyways, here's what I do. I tell people I believe in the anvil theory of medicine, which is, if you never had a headache in your life and an anvil falls on your head while you're walking down the street and then you start having headaches, it's probably because of the anvil. <laughs> and the reason I tell that story is because it's so stupid that why would anybody tell that story? <laughs> but, but, but then I tell the next story, which is one of the people who co-speaks at conferences, some of them that I go to, a fellow named Dwayne Graveline. So he was an Air Force flight surgeon and they have to get physicals every year. And so he has this physical, they tell me it's high cholesterol, and he's going to die of a heart attack, and he can't fly. So he loves to fly, so he, they, he took the Lipitor that they said he had to or he couldn't fly. Two weeks later, he has a bout of total amnesia while flying, which, by the way, isn't very good. Mm -hmm. uh, they get him down. He goes in and says, do you think this had anything to do with the Lipitor? And they say no. So he doesn't believe them. And then he stops the Lipitor, gets better. A year later, he has a flight physical, say he can't fly because cholesterol is too high, has to take Lipitor, has an, gets another bout of amnesia two weeks later, I think not while flying. Goes in, asks them if it has to do with Lipitor. They say no. <laughs> and then he writes a book called Lipitor, Thief of Memory, mm -hmm. which describes, A, about a 1,000 people who've had similar experience with Lipitor, and the physiology of how that might happen, because the cholesterol is essentially the glue of the brain. And if you scramble the, the glue, then you can't remember anything. So I can only imagine that the people, the doctors he went to, don't believe in the anvil theory, because that's, he was fine, then his anvil was taking a statin drug, and then he wasn't fine, and that's the whole story. So that's how you do medicine. You listen for people, 
and what is their anvil. Now, unfortunately, it's not always so easy as I was fine and then an anvil fell on my head and then I'm not fine. And it's not even as easy as the statin drugs. Uh, but, but you can hear that with people uh, and then you start realizing that there are certain things that are anvils. They, they are, uh, about 50 or so percent of them are medical interventions, like statin stuff. Uh, some of them are vaccines, some of them are infections, some of them are poor choices. Some of them are just false ways of looking at the world. And then you have to use, as a physician, uh, you have to use one sense of how things work to try to understand how taking a statin drug could plausibly cause amnesia. So you have to know a little bit about cholesterol metabolism. And it's, so it's that part. So first of all, I developed this style where I listened and asked people to tell me the story in a very specific way that tries to facilitate me understanding what their anvil is. The interesting thing about that is if I can get people to, to hear their own story and tell their own story in a certain way to the point where it becomes clear to them what their anvil is or how to think about this, often that's actually the best thing I can do for somebody. because they end up with a different relationship to themselves and how to tell their own story. And they step back from themselves sometimes, which is a very helpful skill. That's also sort of what meditation is. And then I use whatever experience I have with physiology and anthroposophy and Weston Price to put that together in a, in a, in a framework to try to unravel whatever the repercussions of the anvil are. So sometimes it's just taking them off statin drugs. Although sometimes then you have to realize that statin drugs, for instance, lower not only fat levels, but fat-soluble nutrient levels, so you have to replenish those. Sometimes they inter may interfere with, with a person's ego development, since the ego is tied up with the fats, and the fats are connected to the warmth, which is connected to even one's spiritual development. So you might have to work on that side of it. So that's basically the method. And I, I think, you know, it's, if there's anything to learn from me, that's it. It's the method. And then you have to just have the now, enough experience and you have to really do your homework, you know, and know what, how things fit. Otherwise, you might not know that statin drugs could even cause memory. You might not know that cholesterol has anything to do with the brain. But that you, one can find out. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. I, it's so funny that you brought up um, Dwayne Graveline. It's probably, you're probably the third or fourth person on this show that has mentioned his name. Oh. And the fact that you went, you know, on on the diatribe against statins is a recurring theme here. So it fits. Right. <laughs> they, they are often the anvil. And it's because basically otherwise well people take them. 
So, you know, basically you're fine, then somebody says your cholesterol is too high, and he has a theory. Then you get into the theories, you know, uh, the theory that cholesterol causes heart attacks. The theory is wrong. It's a myth. The theory that HIV causes AIDS. That's the wrong. So if you, if you believe in, in mythological theories, and I, the only reason I hesitate to use that word is I don't want to say anything bad against mythology. Uh, <laughs> right. but, so I don't mean to d- diminish yeah, it's real a, it's a different m- version of the it's a different meaning of the word. It's a different definition. Right. Yeah. It's bogus. It's right. a bogus theory or oncogenes cause cancer or coronary artery lesions cause heart attacks. That in all those the 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 theme of those or infections cause bacterial infections cause what we call sickness like bronchitis. You know, the bacteria live on the cellular debris. Bacteria are scavengers. They don't cause anything or, or very little. Uh, and, you know, oncogenes are because the cell is sick and so it's hypermutating. They don't cause the cell to be sick. Now, the, the reason why this is all complicated is because because the, the effects, like the bacteria, often themselves exacerbate the problem. And so medicine, because it's so simplistic and superficial in theory, it's very sophisticated techno- technically, like you can replace somebody's knee. That's, that's a technical miracle. Mm-hmm. But why their knee is messed up in the first place, they don't have a clue. So philosophically, it's barren. Technically, it's wizardry. Um, but they keep, they keep confusing effects and causes. You get sick, and then the bacteria essentially scavenge the debris, and they blame the sickness on the bacteria. Now, it's, it's true that it's bad to have bacteria growing in your body, but they're not the problem, which is why you can never really solve the problem by getting rid of the bacteria. You can never really solve the cancer problem because uh, by manipulating the genes. But the genes make the problem worse because the sick cell gets weird genes and the weird genes do weird things and make the cancer worse. But it's not the problem. And until they learn to actually understand the, the real problem, they can't fix anything. They can, you know, give you a new knee, but that's not fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. And they have every single theory of what causes disease. Everyone is wrong. And that's a big statement. You'd think they'd get one right, that is uh, a, but it, they don't. It is a big statement. They, they don't, because they don't know how to look. And, you know, if you don't know how to look, you can never find the right thing. So what are you seeing? What are the disease agents? What are the things that are harming people that come to see you? Well, I mean, people have all kinds of different diseases, cancer and AIDS and autoimmune disease, etc. 
you know, but it's not the disease or the cancer that's harming them. I mean that it is, but it, there's, there's a, this underlying issue, right? Is this what you're saying? Right. The, the interesting thing, and one can actually get this from Steiner, is it, it's so I can just explain this. I think better with a story because it. So uh, the story I generally use. So you're a guy, and you meet this woman in your office, and you're attracted to her, and you ask her out on a date, and she and she says, "Sure, and I'll meet you at this coffee house at at six o'clock on Friday," and you go to the coffee house. And she doesn't show up, and you wait there till eight o'clock at night, and she never shows up and never calls, et cetera. So then you see her in the office on next Monday, and you say, "Say what happened? You know, why didn't she show up?" She said, "Well, you know, this is San Francisco, and the buses they don't run on time, and we, you know, the, the mayor hasn't funded the the rapid transit system the way they should, and et cetera." So I, it's like I ask the people, "So how do you feel when she says that?" I feel like she's just making, yeah, just making up excuses. Right. Or let me say it like this. You feel unsatisfied. I, yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. So then you say, I don't, that doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, can you say, well, you know, uh, back when I was a child, my father, he, he was a little <laughs> distant. And so then there was issues around relationships, et cetera. So how do you feel? Still unsatisfied. <laughs> unsatisfied, even worse, probably. <laughs> right. So, so the only thing that works is she says, look, I don't like you. I didn't want to go there. And I fact, the fact of the matter is I, didn't even, I don't even have enough respect for you to, to uh, call you up and tell you I wasn't coming. Perfect. Now, the, 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 of course, the bad thing about that is if you liked her, then you would feel sad. But the good thing is you understand what happened. And the way Rudolf Steiner, I think, would, would describe that is, you see, this wasn't always the case, but we live in the era of what's called the consciousness soul, where humans understand that what's happening today revolves around freedom of choice. Humans, out of their own free will, making choices. And we demand that any explanation for what's happening in our lives, which, as I said, by the way, is different than the Middle Ages, you got sick in the Middle Ages, you went to the priest, and he said, it's because God is angry at Sicily, and so we're, we have the plague. So fine. Everybody thought that was a good explanation. Or maybe not everybody, mm -hmm. but most people. And we don't live in that time anymore, where we live in a time when we, we demand that the explanations for what's the most important things in, the, in our life have to do with the choices we make and without blaming people for being sick because some of the choices are personal choices like diet and some of them are actually social choices like to have nuclear power plants that explode so that's not my choice but it's our choice I mean we chose that so we get thyroid cancer fine that's that's what people want to know when they go to the doctor. What did I do that has led me to this situation? Just like the woman, what are you thinking is for why you didn't show up on this date? I don't want to hear that there's you know this reason or that reason. I want to know what your choice is. And sometimes it's like I said, not a personal choice. You know, we live in an 
where everything around us is lies. Everything we hear on the television is a lie, everything. Uh, so that's a toxic environment, and the environment is toxic. And to a certain extent, one can't do much about that. But on the other hand, insofar as we can, we want to know what we can do. And the interesting thing about conventional medicine is they will have none of that. It's, if you ask them why, why I got sick, it's stress, genetics, or bad luck. That's it. Go, go to your doctor with Hashimoto's or cancer or whatever, any disease, strep throat. Why did I get this? I want to know what I did, what consciousness, you know, what choice did I make or did we make that led me to this? The doctor says, it's not that. And that's what pisses people off so much because they're fundamentally not being met by this system that's it's a it's not appropriate to our era. That's profound. And it's gonna take me some time to think about that. But I I really feel it. I, I really hear what you're saying. It's almost like a conscious disconnect from the time we're in. Uh, you know, one of the conventional wisdoms or conventional thoughts is that in the, in the information age, which we're supposedly in, everyone's access to information is key and critical. In order for the third world to develop, we have to give them the children laptops. That's like, if you wanted to start an argument, tell someone that that's not true, right? Yeah. This, this is one of the biggest causes right now is to bring laptops to the third world. I want to kick them. I want to kick laptops out of my house. <laughs> you know, I don't right. think that's going to heal them. So there's definitely a, a consciousness disconnect. I think right. th- this is fascinating. I'm not. I hadn't said much till now because you're blowing my mind. I didn't know where this conversation was going to go. I don't know you. I've never even heard you speak before. I just <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. Well, I think we're also out of time. And like that, 